Welcome, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all the different time zones. So grateful for everybody that could join us. This is episode 26 of your amazing, lovely weekly roundup of the Meta Leon Society and the market updates with Ricky. So, not going to talk about the format. We already know what goes on. I will jump right into the action. Uh, we're going to start with our Medellin Society updates. So as you know, I break down the updates into different sections so it's easy to digest live or it's easy to digest later when people listen to the recordings because personally I've, I've received a lot of feedback that there's so much alpha and there's so much information that people get from this sometimes they have to go back and listen to different pieces so what i've done is i've structured my content here in different sections so if if people want to listen to certain aspects of the project they get it all within one section so starting with the project updates we're going to talk about the legal and the business side of things what's happening there so between last week and this week um Alex and Tony are working with the legal team. Again, a reminder, L-E-A-X, Leaks, is the regulatory, the legal team that Medellin Society is working with for TCFX and ensuring that we're correctly structured to, to provide security tokens through the Switzerland registration and all the things. That's why we're registering the company there. Um, so the legal opinions are being worked on. Um, they're basically re, re well, regrouping all the information related to the regulations based on the operations and the systems that would be required to make the company operational, uh, to make sure that we're starting with a good foundation. And this is so extremely important. And I, and I really like what Antonio shared in the last episode that they did on TCFX is he mentioned that there's so many NFT projects out there, actually majority of them. I honestly don't know the statistics, but if you would ballpark it, about 80 to 90% of NFT projects out there do not ever register a company. And it's it's like an easy loophole to run into. It's like, oh, we're we're using cutting edge technology, so we don't really need to register. Well, depends on what you're trying to do. So I personally feel if they're not doing that, then I'm not saying that they're actively trying to evade anything, but the reality is the technology of NFTs, I, again, this is, again, I'm quoting... Um, Antonio here because I really had a lot of good information nuggets. So if you haven't listened to the last episode that Alex Antonio did in the six episode series leading up to our mint, he mentions another thing. He says that yes, NFTs have brought us an ability to efficiently and more uh, frictionlessly raise funds, but it comes with a responsibility. And what is the responsibility? Like, what are you delivering? If you're raising funds efficiently, doesn't mean you get to evade any, any legal aspects of how, what you're going to do with the funds and what are you promising? Most of the times when you don't register a company or legal entity, there's no relationship between the NFT holders and the organization issuing the NFT. So 
that means you're not really an investor and there's money being raised from you. So that's kind of shady in my personal opinion when I think about it. Again, I'm repeating myself. Doesn't mean that most projects out there are trying to be shady. It's just that I would like to reiterate, and that's what Alex and Tony agree with as well, is just because you're in Web3 doesn't mean you get to uh, not have any accountability towards people uh, that your your community, because you're technically raising funds if you think about it. So there needs to be some sort of ownership, in my personal opinion, and that's why like we're registering TCFX in the way we are registering, because unlike any other project out there that might claim that they're doing things a certain way, the, the reality is there needs to be ownership from the community into the project. So how they go about it can be different ways, but that is something even the community needs to ask for. And that is why we need more projects in Web3, especially in these times when the SEC is like right up everybody's business is because they're claiming that there's funds being raised, but nobody knows what's happening with those funds. And there's no, no contract, right? When they say come and register with the SEC, and I'm doing air quotes as I say register, because again, I don't want to go into why SEC is shady, but there is some logic behind what they're saying. They're saying that there's no contract and there's no binding between the, the person that's that you, if you get an NFT, technically you're raising, you're giving your funds, right? So there's no contract between the uh, the person issuing the funds and the person uh, giving the funds, right? So not going to go into that. Um, that's a little digression, but I love talking about this stuff because we don't have enough conversations happening in this space. And that is why regulatory agencies are attacking us because they are playing on this this gray area that everybody's trying to understand. So once we have more conversations between leaders of projects happening in this space about how they're staying accountable to their community in a legal way, I think the regulatory clarity is going to eventually come at a grassroots level. So I hope that becomes a thing in the next few years and we can self-regulate and if there's anything that happens, like the community can stand up and projects can come together and uh, work towards uh, even better solutions over time. So um, that's kind of where we are. So with Leaks, L-E-A-X, that's our legal firm in Switzerland that we're working with. Again, they have worked with over 65. I think Alex said like they're up to like 72 projects now that they have worked with to get them registered in the uh, blockchain valley in Switzerland, uh, and the regulations are extremely clear. Um, they just need to do the, the things the right way, and they're the professionals there. Um, they're top of the they're at top of the game, so pretty excited. Um, Alex Antonio said that they are fully focused on the mint for the next week. So the face to face meeting that they're supposed to have with Vincent from Leaks, their lawyer. Um, this will happen after the 14th of March, which is after our mint. Um, so a lot of discussions is going to happen around. If you already know, the founders have already started the process of company registration because the team at Leaks told them that they are getting swamped with other requests and projects that are ready to go. So they didn't want to wait all the way till uh, the second phase to mint. They're using their own personal funds to get the ball rolling. So by the time the mint completes, um, they'll already have things happening. So they're not waiting around for the company registration because those of you that have been following us, we've released the beta platform of TCFX, which is our crowdfunding platform. 
uh, for which we're registering the company. Um, that has been live since December. We promised quarter four of 2022 and we delivered. And the, the platform's ready just to activate the platform and onboard clients. We need to be regulatory compliant. So that's, that's the work that's happening. Um, another interesting and amazing thing that is happening, and it's an alpha that Alpha Leon, um, Alex, shared with me. And he was, uh, I think I kind of forced him to <laughs> tell me that because he wanted to announce it later. But exciting news is, and this is coming because... As you know, our founders don't like to promise anything that they can't deliver. So he was very excited that things are looking very good in terms of our first project that might be listed on TCFX. So the first project that wants to raise funds. And as you remember, again, I'm going to harp on this until everybody's listened to the last episode that Alex Antonio put out for TCFX. Um, they talked about the vetting system that they're going to use. So there's going to be an independent team that's going to look into every project that is trying to raise funds. We're not going to be looking at startups. So when I say startups, what are we talking about? A person can't just walk in and say, hey, I want to raise funds and here's my business plan. There needs to be an existing market. There needs to be an existing product and there needs to be existing revenue. We don't want to get into that whole thing with hey, I have a business plan and there's all this risk around whether they'll be able to deliver, even though they have the best plan. Uh, we want to start off on the right foot. We want to start strong. So the projects we're going to look into are going to be very successful projects that are already out there generating revenue and they're looking to grow. So that way is the risk is minimized and we already have some historical data to go off of because we already are in a risky market. L last thing you want to do is put on more risk, right? So that is the level of due diligence that is happening at the Metaleon Society. So Alex and Tony are pretty excited. The first project is, is already in the process of vetting. So as you know, we're already moving ahead of schedule here. We didn't wait all the way till phase two to start the company creation. The company creation is on the way. We're not waiting after the company creation to start looking for projects. That is also on the way. Everything is happening in parallel. So um, next thing is the our tokenomics expert. Again, if you remember, we have our own tokenomics expert that has been with us since the start. Uh, extremely smart individual. Um, they have basically been working on the ecosystem, the Leon tokens, the issuance, how much I know we've gotten a lot of questions around what's the supply going to be, how is it going to work, uh, if there's going to be burned, stuff like that. So the allocation and everything, all the information is up to date with the infographics on our light paper. The only reason we haven't put in more details into the exact tokenomics is because that is gonna it, it's something that is all always evolving and we want to put out something that's perfect and don't want to put out something that is half done um and we're keeping every keeping an eye on everything and we're getting pretty close to finalizing everything so uh alex antonio had about two meetings recently with our tokenomics expert and making sure that the gamification of the ecosystem is in plan um, so that everything is ready to go after the mint. As you all remember, the infographic that we shared, um, half of the supply is going to company creation for the phase two and half of it 
we're going to use to create our ecosystem, which was again promised for Q4, but we're going above and beyond and we're trying to get that out there for you guys by Q3. So it all depends of how we mint out. So far, it looks like we might just mint out within like within the same day or even less. So if that's the case, then uh, we would have the required funds to even deliver the ecosystem early so we can get some of that gamification out there. And if you haven't uh, looked at what the gamification aspect is, Chutney, who, uh, who is our incredible community member and a Leon community leader, he's put out this incredible thread today. So if you're not following Chutney, just go ahead and follow him and check out that thread that he's put out there with the gamification and how to up up how to upgrade the skills of your leon to get them to historics and stuff like that and why you want to do that um then um talking about our phase two mint so as you know we're minting next week and it's the 14th and for those that haven't registered their wallets yet if you are a leon holder or if you're uh, if you're uh, whitelisted through a partner project, then you need to go register in the pre-sale access Discord channel in our Discord. And uh, that way you are ready to go for the mint because the last thing you want is waiting till the last minute and then not being able to mint. Again, we're here for you. We'll be here. I will personally be here. Um, Jenny, Jenny Reed are also going to be right there as Alex and Tonya make sure everything else is okay. We will be here to help you out if you are not able to do that. But why wait till the last minute, right? Just go in there, go to the pre-sale access Discord channel, get your wallet registered. And once you've registered, just share it, share it in social media. I know uh, we already have an incredible contest going on and I won't disclose the contest details here because it is in the announcement channel of our Discord. I will, though, tell you that there's already been a lot of incredible excitement around this contest, and it's leading up to our mint. As you know, the winners are going to be announced a day before, so on the 13th of March, and the prizes are as follows. There's one historically on out for grabs, and it is absolutely beautiful. There is a randomly on, and there's also 500 meth tokens up for grabs it is so easy to participate if you haven't participated just go in there it's super easy go for it i think it doesn't hurt to try i'm a person that believes like you miss all the shots you don't take so why not take the shot right uh so we're excited about this contest we already have had a lot of incredible uh entries i've loved each and every one of them i have retweeted each and every one of them if i haven't retweeted yours dm me I might have missed it. Please, please, please let me know. We have a lot of exciting things also happening for our second phase that Alex and Tony are working incredibly hard on the background. As you know, we're approaching the second phase of Mint in multiple ways. We're not just doing one thing to do the marketing around it. We're, we're doing this re-education thing with the six episodes that Alex and Tony are working with. 
to educate the Leon family that has been around for a while and also the new Leon family members to help them see how far we've come, not in terms of just what we've delivered, but how much we've evolved as a project and an ecosystem. And most importantly, as a brand in this Web3 space, when people think about MetaLeon society, the first thing that comes to their mind is transparency. And that is the thing that we're most proud of. Everything from the founders to the team, to the project, to the roadmap, to the delivery, to the fund allocation, everything down to the dollar has been shared with the community since day one. I cannot tell you how proud I feel to be associated with a project like this since day one because, and that is why I took this opportunity to, to lead the community aspect of things because I was also a community member as an OG. I knew that these are the people that are showing up on a daily basis in the, in, in the coffee chat channel, opening up their video and literally sitting around for the community to ask questions. How many founders do that stuff? And that has, hasn't changed since day one. So extremely bullish about that stuff. Um, so when I talk about the, the stuff we're doing uh, for the phase two and how we're approaching, it's like a, it's a pronged approach. There's multiple things we're doing. So there's the outreach on Twitter with all the visuals and the updated light paper and all the community uh, events that we're doing. There's also this private investor, uh, basically attracting a new alpha groups of people that are out there looking for really good projects that believe in long-term projects. So uh, we're excited that we have a call with Her Crypto from Bulls and Apes. Uh, we're extremely grateful for the Bulls and Ape family. They've been extremely receptive of uh, what we're doing with MetaLeon Society. Not only does our community make a lot of noise in terms of engagement, we have stuff to back up the noise. It's not just hype. We're so proud of this ecosystem. People look at the art and they're like, oh my God, this is beautiful. I want a Leon. But the artwork, I always say, is just the iceberg. It's the tip of the iceberg. It's what you see on the top of the water. The ecosystem, the revenue sharing, the actual business of TCFX, the proprietary software of crowdfunding, which we have, which is tokenizing the return on investment, all that stuff is under the iceberg that under the water that we don't get to see and that is why i'm so proud so uh we also have another thing we're extremely excited about we have um we have meetings with uh, og bulls with the passengers team and we're extremely grateful for leon family members for helping us build these bridges because we have noticed that people with this with similar mindsets hang around in similar circles so a lot of these partner projects are people that know that there's a lot more than just hype that takes uh, the the work that goes behind building something real right so uh, we're excited for having um, some of these conversations, um, again, in the back end, there is presentations, actual business presentations Alex and Tony are doing for alpha groups in different servers. Um, they are activating their prior connections that they built for phase one minting. So a lot is happening. We're extremely excited. There's a lot coming up leading up to the mint. Make sure you don't miss out on everything that's happening. So, um, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, we're almost here. We got less than a week left um, to mint. I know I'm personally extremely hyped and excited because phase one was exciting. Everybody that was there, the OGs, they know the, the live stream that I did 
where we looked at everybody's Leons and what they minted, the traits, the rarity, the skills, the combination of the background and the different traits, it's it gets crazy. So don't worry. We're going to repeat that, and I'm going to host the Reiki live reveal. And luckily, we're going to instantly reveal our Leons this time. So I'm going to have the rarity tool open. You're going to, again, be yelling up numbers to me. I'm going to be pulling up your Leons. It's going to get crazy. So if you haven't grabbed a Leon from the floor yet, if you're new to the community, make sure you grab a Leon, get that, get that pricing in, get that get that little discount that you get for being a Leon holder um, and uh, come join the excitement as we get into phase two of minting. Uh, that's pretty much what I had for our project updates. Um, again, after, after I'm done with our market updates here, I'm going to open up the floor. We're going to have a conversation like we always do. I'm going to answer all your questions, be it the market, be it the project. I'm going to be here for you. So with that, we're going to move on to our market updates. And again, for those of you that are new, my my way of looking at market updates is a little different than most of the mainstream media or the YouTube channels that you watch that have millions of followers. With the thumbnails, with the face covering and Bitcoin going to zero, Bitcoin going to 50, 500,000, you'll never hear any of that here. What I'm going to be telling you about is stuff that matters. It's regulation. It is adoption, it is the infrastructure, and it is what people are doing that is changing the space for the long term. Because if you do these things right, and if we see the patterns in these aspects of the space, it tells us where the space is going long term. If you don't have a two to five year horizon in the crypto space, I'm sorry to say this space is not for you. Because if you're here to make a quick buck, somebody has clearly. Uh, technically led you in the wrong way as someone that has been in this space since 2016 i can tell you one thing crypto is something that is new the digital asset class is something that has never existed in the history of mankind so think of i, I always uh, i like to give perspective to people when i when i give them examples right so for example Imagine being part of the stock market within the first year of when it was launched, right? Everybody called the stock market the Wild West, like no regulations. Nobody knows what's happening. Why do I have to buy a share in a company? What the hell is a share? Why is the price going up and down? Why is it not constant? All these questions might have existed when the stock market came, to, came into existence. Now, after trillions of dollars of net worth has been put into it, all the retirement funds and the governments are buying stocks. All of a sudden, it's regulated over time and everybody trusts it. Guess what? Digital asset industry, the industry that we're in, is going through the same damn thing. And if you don't have a long-term horizon, and two to five years is not even that long. But let me tell you, if you're here in the long term, you're going to be so, so well rewarded. I can't tell you. And there's no promise here. It's just my experience from all the booms and busts that I've seen in this industry. It took me a long time to learn this lesson. So I try to remind everybody that don't, don't make the mistakes I did, but learn from my mistakes. And what are the mistakes I'm talking about? Chasing hype, chasing bull markets, buying high, selling low. Sounds stupid. Like, oh, Reiki, you, you should be smarter than that. I know you. You're smart. You shouldn't be doing this. Trust me. 
emotions take over. And when you don't have enough experience in an industry, you tend to be run by emotions, even though you might have an associate of when you want to buy and sell. So what I tell everybody, show up to the weekly roundups. We've already done 25 episodes. We've been here for half a year doing this podcast. When I'm here to tell you the market updates, I'm going to give you why this market is going up. And I'm not going to give you price. I'm going to give you regulations, industry updates, and infrastructure updates. So with that, let's jump into our market updates. I have a special section that I've created as of last two weekly roundups that I've done. I'm calling it Operation Choke Point 2.0 Update. So those of you that don't know what Operation Choke Point is, if you want to go into our Discord channel and go into the crypto uh, crypto channel uh, within our Discord, I shared a, a link to an article that one of the most prominent people in the space shared. And also there's a hearing, and I'm... I'm forgetting which which part of the government is doing this, but there's a hearing that's happening tomorrow as well where they're going to be asking questions as to why it feels like, and this is the government asking this question from the industry participants, like why does it feel like the government agencies, which are supposed to protect the investor, and I'm doing protect as like a double air coat, they are there. It seems like they're coordinating to attack the crypto industry. It's almost like they're choke holding any off and on ramps into the crypto industry. They're pushing this narrative that this industry is scary. This industry can bring uh, un uh, unstable uh, financial conditions to the mainstream finance. It can cause national financial issues. There's this coordinated attack that's happening on crypto. I have my speculations as to why that's happening because most of these lobby mo, lobbying is a big deal in the US and most of these existing incumbents like these big banks don't like crypto because when money flows out of banks into crypto that's money lost for them that's the money they could be using to lend out and make more profits for their banks so they don't like that stuff so they want to own crypto so what they're doing is they're they're coordinating and this is speculation on my part. I am aware that this is speculation. I never claim that this is a fact, but I can give you facts of what's happening. So this section that I've created called Operation Choke Point 2.0, because choke point has already happened in the past. In around 2003 to 2008, I think, government agencies got together to unlawfully bar certain industries from the existing financial system. And there's no legal regulations around why that happened. It just, it was under the radar and nobody spoke anything about it until it was too big. Glad that the crypto industry is noticing that again, when something challenges traditional finance, the existing incumbents try to stomp it down. So what's happening as part of Pro Operation Choke Point? If you remember last week, I told you that Silvergate Bank which sadly was the largest bank in the US that was providing services to crypto companies, that actually had its stock plummet 85 to 90% in over one day. And that happened because they released a public statement stating that they cannot file their losses for taxes and tax harvesting stuff because they might have more losses than they had initially expected. And why? because they had a huge stake they loaned a lot of money billions of dollars to ftx so 
with that, they the problem with this is with Silvergate Bank going down, and the thing is they have halted, and this is the scary part, they have halted their, uh, they have this proprietary software, they have their own network that is first of its class. So if you know when you use a US bank, you can only do your transactions in the working hours of the bank, nine to five, and you can't do it over the weekends. You got to wait till the next Monday for the transaction to go through and settle, right? This bank actually had proprietary software that let crypto companies convert USD to crypto and back to USD 24 seven. And that is the only bank that has that software. So with, with them going down, and we don't know if it's going to come back. It's just they haven't released any information. What they've released is they had to shut down their network. And what's happening is these major crypto companies, like people that they banked, like Coinbase and a bunch of other big names, Kraken, they are moving away from this bank and moving to another partner. And I think it's Signature Bank. And the problem is Signature Bank over the last two years has been trying to get away from crypto. Like they've been deleveraging themselves from crypto. I know I'm getting too technical, but this is very important to understand. I'm going to zoom out a little bit now and I'm going to give you some perspective. Governments or US government, well, not US government, the regulatory bodies that hate crypto because they're being lobbied by these big banks. The narrative they're pushing is crypto is unstable. Well, no shit, it's unstable because you really don't let any bank work with crypto. Every bank that has ever tried to register for crypto services has been waiting for months, not years. Like sometimes it's been five years, like they're still waiting for their license. SEC doesn't want, like there's a bunch of other regulatory industries as well. They're working in coordination on this. They don't want anybody else to work with crypto. So what happens is there's only a couple banks out there that are actually working with crypto. And that just makes that just gaslights the problem. If you only have one or two banks providing services, if one of them goes down, no shit, the other one's going to go down too, because it just increases the risk so much. Now, imagine if there's thousands of banks in the US that allowed crypto services, then the risk would be more distributed and the system would be more stable. So when these agencies complain about crypto not being stable, they are the reason the industry is not stable because they don't allow companies to work with crypto. So I can see through their hypocrisy and I will always, always be a big voice when it comes to that stuff. Um, so that's happening from Silvergate side. We don't know if they're going to be solvent. If We don't know if they're going to come back. Paxos, Kraken, so many others. Paxos had a lawsuit filed against them. They're, I think they're going to... And Paxos is the company that issues BUSD, which is the Binance stablecoin. And luckily, they're they're 100% compliant. And this is a compliant company. They've been functioning in the US. They have all the right licenses. All of a sudden, uh, SEC wakes up after Paxos existing for five years and like, oh, by the way, uh, that BUSD token, which is, by the way, a stable coin. So I have no idea how a stable coin can be a security. The whole idea behind a security is there is an expectation of profit. How can you profit on a stable coin? The price is $1, literally $1 all the time. So SEC is literally making up logic as they go. I have no idea what their, what their intentions are. But one thing is clear, they're out there to attack crypto. And it, it's kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. But the thing is, 
things are scary when they're not transparent. And my job is to bring you all this information because you because when you think at the level of these these institutions, you can position yourself long term and stay stay up to date, right? Um, here's the exciting thing: the House. Okay, I got it. House of Financial Services Committee in the US government has the the hearing is tomorrow. And again, the link is in the crypto channel in our Discord. I will be listening to it if anybody wants to talk about it. I will be debriefing everybody in the community of what I think about that. Um, the title of the hearing is Coincidence or Coordinated, the Attack of the Administration on Digital Asset Ecosystem. So this is a government body that recognizes that these these regulatory agencies are either this is a coincidence or they're all coordinating to attack the digital asset ecosystem and why is this hearing being held because this body believes that us citizens have the right to access to technology right to access to innovation and digital asset ecosystem is one of the most recent innovations after the internet which Americans have the right to have access to. And these incumbents and these banks are lobbying against it. So it's like pulling back America into the, the dark ages. Like, why do you want to do that, right? America was built on innovation. The Silicon Valley exists because of good innovations in the internet era. So why can't we do the same for, for the next generation of the internet, which is Web3? Um, so yeah, this hearing is tomorrow. I'll be listening to it. Um, and I'll keep you guys updated of what I think about that. Here's some good news though. And I know I've shared all the bad news. That is how I function. I provide the bad news first because I'm not about hype. I'm about realism. I want you guys to be in the right mind frame of where the industry is. Grayscale, which offers a product called GBTC, um, they're suing the SEC back. And I love this. I love that you can sue a government agency in the US. So they're suing the SEC and you might ask me why. Because the SEC is shady as fuck. Like when I say shady as fuck, this is what's happening with GBTC. They are trying to convert their, their GBTC product, which is like a share, like it's a share to an actual BTC. They're trying to convert it into a spot ETF so that it can it can trade on the Nasdaq and the big stock markets, right? It's gonna bring more legitimacy to Bitcoin, more stability to Bitcoin, more easier access for retirement funds, for institutional investors. It's just overall good for everybody, right? But the SEC for some reason keeps blocking a spot ETF. And what's the difference between a spot and a futures ETF? I'm not gonna go too deeper into it, Think about the future as a derivative of a spot. A spot ETF is straight up, Grayscale goes out, buys a Bitcoin, creates shares of it, sells it to people, right? That's an actual Bitcoin that has been taken off the market and being sold to people as fractions of it. Simple. A, a futures is basically like a derivative of even that share. So it's like a double layer derivative. So a derivative of that stock of that Bitcoin. So... SEC shady because they approved a futures ETF and they they keep denying and they first delayed right so when Grayscale went to them they they denied they they're like we we're gonna take our sweet time we're gonna delay you as long as possible and they kept playing those tactics and eventually Grayscale said 
we're done with this bullshit. We need you to tell us whether you're approving or you're not approving. And SEC said, we're not approving. And the grounds and the reasons they gave Grayscale is spot ETFs are bad for market stability. And here's another reason why I think SEC is making up shit as it goes and not thinking its way through stuff. If you approved a futures ETF, which is inherently deriving its value from a spot ETF, then how is a spot ETF more dangerous for the market than a futures ETF? They clearly are lying. And the hearing of the case happened in, I think it was a hearings court in Washington yesterday. I listened to the recording. Oh my God, the judges were literally handing SEC like questions after questions because their line of thinking is not straight at all. There's no logic behind why they're denying the spot ETF. Nothing to get too excited about, even though the lawyers in the in the digital asset community are very excited about how things went yesterday. The decision for this lawsuit might not come out for the next three to six months. And then even after that, let's assume that the SEC loses. I'm pretty sure the SEC is going to appeal uh, for the loss because they have all the money in the world. And the sad part is the SEC is using the money uh, of pretty much the investors like we we average people pay our taxes and that's what funds the sec so they're using our money to keep us from getting access to these products it's it's the weirdest thing like they don't they don't listen to their own value system the sec's mission statement is to protect the investor it's on their website i don't even know if gary gensler ever looks at his website or even i don't think he realizes that he's he's staggered away from his value system the pledge that he took for his uh, for uh for pretty much like it, it, it's pretty sad it's sad that the sec has lost its way um i know elon musk in the past has said that he never respected the sec i never understood why he said that because he's such an enigmatic person that he could honestly be trolling who knows right but now that i'm in this space and i'm getting to see how rotten the sec is and how there's no logic behind what they're doing. And it's pretty clear that something is happening in the back end where the incumbents, the existing banks are pressurizing them. Um, Gary Gensler himself is from Wall Street. He works on JP Morgan. So we know where his priorities lie. Average investors like you and I don't matter to him. So this is why this section is so important for me to talk about. Next thing here, another loss for the SEC. Um, if you know the Voyager app, that was one of the lending platforms that went bankrupt when Celsius, FTX, all this stuff happened. Um, Binance has been trying to push for getting custody of uh, buying Voyager out for like a $1.2 billion deal. And the whole thing with that deal is Binance was going to put 75% of the funds that they, they get back from the deal back to the people that got that got frauded out by um, by Voyager. Again, we don't know if Voyager was a fraud. We know Celsius was a fraud. We don't know Voyager was, but we know Voyager went bankrupt and people's money got stuck. And again, reminder, the SEC, its job is to protect the investors. 
so the lawyer uh, the the judge here was like okay cool i like that this company is trying to give 75 percent of the money back to the people i want to go through with this deal it's pretty straightforward people uh, this is a bankruptcy case things need to move fast there's people's life savings at risk we don't know what's happening in people's personal life so we need to get this money in people's hands as soon as possible sec being the protector and i'm doing protector double quotes of the average investor their their job should have been to let this go by right oh no sec lawyers came out of nowhere in this case and started to claim that the voyager token itself is an unregistered security and then they also claim that binance us is an unregistered security dealer in the us they just showed up and just claimed that right <laughs> this 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 is what's funny about this you are a regulatory agency to protect the average investor and you're you're trying to block a case where people are you're literally blocking average consumers who you're supposed to protect from getting their own money back like what kind of evil soulless human being does that like i don't get it so the judge literally clapped back at them and literally said just because you claim something it doesn't make it a fact if you had the time all this time to do your due diligence and you could have provided a better notice period and you sat around and waited till the last minute to do this i'm not going to be waiting this whole time for you to make up your mind if you want to sue them later go ahead i'm going to go through with this with this with this accusation so the judge literally told the sec to sit the fuck down <laughs> And I love when that happens because it tells you that these regulatory agencies have the power because Congress gave them the power. They don't have the power because of the law. They are supposed to be the they are supposed to protect the law. They're not they're not they're like enforcers, right? They don't they don't create the laws, but the SEC has been running around the space like they own the space and they create the laws. But then when it comes to asking them questions, they point to the Congress like, oh, we don't have clarity. That's not our problem. That's the Congress to figure out. They need to write better rules. But when it comes to suing companies, they don't hesitate twice because it's not their money. It's the average and average consumer's money. It's the tax money. And at the end of the day, they're not accountable for anything. If they lose a case, they're, they're going to sue 20 other companies and win like two other cases somewhere else. So why am I so mad about this and why is this so important for everybody to know you're going to be like reiki this is happening in the us it's not that important sadly um it's true that it's important why um because us is sadly and when i say sadly the average entrepreneur still believes in the american dream i personally believe in the american dream right like it is what built the country innovation open-mindedness and welcoming nature right friendly regulations for innovation clearly these regulatory agencies have gotten too comfortable and these are people that don't have the best interest of the country in mind clearly because if they did they wouldn't be going around slowing down the fastest growing industry in the world and while letting other countries take um take the step ahead right so great britain again reminder which is a very pro-crypto country and the, the their most recent prime minister he's also very pro-crypto just because the sec is pushing this narrative out there that crypto is dangerous crypto is bad for the economy great britain is also like the government is giving out notices to crypto companies 
asking them to shut down their operations or provide more more details and make things harder for them. So yes, US still pays an important role in the global financial system. It's still the largest market in the world. So we have a we have a responsibility to ourselves and the future generations that we make some noise against these agencies because if there was any reason, I'm a very reasonable human being. If you give me like two good reasons that you're doing something and it makes sense, I, I, I won't cause any problems. But if you tell me that you're not going to provide any clarity, but you're going to keep attacking our industry, I'm going to have a problem. So this is why I do these weekly spaces to give you what's really happening and what you need to do. Um, so that's that's kind of what's happening with uh, the Operation Choke Point. There's bad news and there's good news. So the, the, the good thing is even the judges in the in the district courts and, and, the appeal, and the appeals courts, Supreme Court, like they're noticing that the SEC is acting shady and uh, they're not for it. They're here for innovation. They're here for the American people. I love that the justice system still has its things right and is holding these agencies that are running rampant, pretty much acting like a mafia. Um, they're holding them accountable, right? Next up, this is exciting stuff here. So CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currencies. I love bringing you these new pieces of news from all over the world because it's important to know from the government perspective that what are they working on, right? Um, so we're going to head over to China first. So WeChat, which is pretty much as big as if you heard about WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, it's like a chat app. It's one of the largest, I think it's actually the largest chat app in the world. And Chinese uh, people, like in general, like I, I know for sure because it's, I think it has about 2 billion downloads or something. Like WeChat is the main chat app in China. So it's not just a chat app. It's like a, it's like a Swiss knife app. It has financial, it has financial things happening in it. It has your average chat functions. It has community things. It, it's like every, it's got a business suite in it. You can do your business, e-commerce. So VChat is like a, is, is a crazy app. So the Chinese CDBC, which is the digital yuan, which the Chinese government has been working on for the last three years. It has officially integrated the digital yuan into its ecosystem. The only functions right now, though, that are available with this are you can pay your food bill uh, and you, uh, well, you can pay for food, like order food online, and you also have the ability to pay your bills, like utilities. Um, VChat has become one of the 94 merchants that the digital yuan currently supports. So there's 94 different merchants that are supporting all across China this, um, no, my bad, not all across China. Uh, the digital yuan is still in its pilot stage, so only a few provinces, but it's still pretty spread out. I think hundreds of thousands of people are using it. So it's pretty, pretty interesting. So they're bringing more utility to their token, like the government token, right? The, the digital yuan. Um, then what's happening? What else? So... India, no, we're going to go to India now. For over the past few years, India has been pretty anti-crypto. They try to ban Bitcoin first, then they try to ban exchanges, then they try to ban mining, all sorts of banning stuff, right? And then what's really happening though in India at this point is they're trying to um, regulate crypto at this point. And I, 
again, I'm kind of like on the fence with what they're doing um, because regulations can go both ways. If you over-regulate an industry, you can kill the industry. If you under-regulate an industry, you stand the chance of terrorism, money laundering, all that bad stuff, right? So there's a balance in regulation. So the Indian government released a notice last week that AML laws, uh, which is anti-money laundering laws in the country, which apply to financial services, are now going to apply to crypto businesses. This was something that was just a recommendation up to six months ago. Uh, but now it's an actual requirement. These crypto businesses now have to register and comply with these anti-money laundering laws. And here's the sad part. Right when this happened, the exchange of uh, well, exchange volumes in India dropped by 70%. And that is not good. And it's not because there's 70% of that transactions were were money laundering or anything. It's just that People that don't understand crypto, which I think the Indian government just doesn't get it. Like there's some governments that just don't understand crypto, just like the SEC doesn't understand crypto. Um, I, I heard Elizabeth Warren just keep repeating herself seriously, like crypto is used for terrorism. And I'm like, have you seen the US dollar? Like crypto is so transparent that a, that a report was released that 0.09% of crypto transactions are used for illicit activities. You cannot say that for the US dollar. Like everybody knows that US dollar is the primary currency for terrorism. And, and again, I'm, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just trying to put a senator that claims that she knows about the industry in her place. Like she's comparing an industry that is more transparent than anything that has ever existed. The accountability in crypto is crazy. Everything is on the blockchain. And then she claims that it's used for illicit activity. Like, come on. Um, India, I think, is on the same level. The central bank just doesn't get it. Their central reserve banks, like president or whatever, he shared something a few weeks ago that integrating bitcoin and other crypto into the financial system is going to lead to financial instability because we can't control the monetary supply and i'm like you seem like you're conflicted either you care about controlling the monetary supply or you care about stability you you can't have like both sides of the coin right so clearly they don't have people's interest in mind they just want to control the money and they know if money flows into bitcoin they have no control over it when they have no control over the money, they don't have control over the people. And that's why I bring you the CDBC news because governments issuing digital currencies can be a good and bad thing. Good thing is it can bring people into the banking system without needing bank accounts. And India actually is one of the largest growing economies. It's actually number five in world economies at this point. It's leaving China behind. So if a country like that with such potential and um, it's the largest population of young people as well. So when a country like that has such regressive views on crypto, it just makes me sad about the future of the country when it comes to digital innovation. So 70% uh, of the exchange's volume has dried out after that law came out. Um, so yeah, innovation is just going to go out of India and a lot of crypto businesses are already moving away from India and guess where they're going. Next piece, we're going to go to Thailand, the beautiful tourism country, not just tourism, the Thailand cabinet has passed another crypto-friendly policy last week. They said that they're going to be providing tax cuts to crypto exchanges. 
and well, crypto startups. So companies that are going to issue their own tokens or like DeFi or anything, there's going to be tax cuts provided if they do it within the Thailand uh, jurisdiction. And this comes after last year where they dropped the taxes. And I think it's a tax-free nation at this point for crypto exchanges. If you do crypto trading, the taxes were dropped to close to zero for crypto trading. So as you see, it's the story of two countries, right? One of the largest economies doesn't get crypto. One of the smallest countries in the world gets crypto. Beauty about this ecosystem, it's global. If one country doesn't get it, the innovators move to another country. The innovation goes to another country. So that's that's kind of where things are. So pretty excited about, about Thailand bringing in another crypto-friendly innovation. That's pretty much what I had for all of the market updates as well. Before I open up the floor, just, uh, just a quick reminder to everybody, make sure that you're tweeting, make sure you're getting your voice heard, make sure you're staying up to date as to, I know it's a lot of information to take in, but it is your responsibility. Every Each and every one of us, right, that are in this space, owe it to ourselves to be educated as to which of our, which are of our representatives are pro-crypto, which are anti-crypto. Vote them out of, vote them out of office. You, you literally have the power to decide the future of crypto in your country. That is through your vote. If you hear a senator talking crap about crypto and no idea what they're talking about, vote against them. Pretty simple, right? Exercise your rights as a citizen. And again, I have no right to tell anybody who to vote for. I can only educate you. And that is my mission, bringing you the news, bringing you the facts, and let you make your own opinion of what you think. Appreciate each and every one of you. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your morning, afternoon, or night, whatever time zone you're in. You know I'm always available in Discord and always there to answer any questions, Twitter DMs. Please feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I would love to nerd out on anything and everything you want to ask me. Um, love you all. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place.